There is a prophetic shift going on and we must lead with fire. Leadership is evolving. Leadership stays relevant. No matter what the environment calls for, the leadership sizes up and meets that demand. He said the Holy Ghost, just when you think you're about to lose it, the Holy Ghost will bring a word up that you've already put in your spirit. But at this season of my life, I'd rather be in your will than be on Instagram. Lord, give me what I need for my life. Become empowered to lead with purpose at the Kingdom Leadership Conference 2024. I need you right now, right now, right now. I need you now. Register today at klconference.org and experience the journey of leading with a purpose. This gospel of the kingdom shall be spread across the world. The following message by Apostle Dr. Dana Carson is made possible by DCKM Partners, assisting people to know God, making Him known to others, and spreading the kingdom message around the world. Check out our website, drdanacarson.org, where you can hear much more from the Kingdom Voice. I'm going to take a double text on this morning, but both, it'll be simple for you. Um, both, um, both texts are found in the book of Acts. So I'm going to take the text, Acts chapter 9, and then read one verse, verse 3, and then Acts uh, chapter 26, from uh, verse, then reading verses 12 through 19. As he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly a light shone around him from heaven. Acts chapter 6, verse 12 through 19. 26, I'm sorry, thank you. 26, verse 12 through 19. Let's read. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we all had fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. 19. Therefore, King Agrippa, 
I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Talk this morning about a journey to vision. Knocked down by vision. Knocked to the ground by vision. See, so Paul's on a journey going somewhere and he doesn't understand he's searching for true identity and he's searching for religious truth while killing people by the truth he thinks he has. Then his ultimate goal is he wants eternal life. He wants to make sure that at the end of days, and time is no more, he wants to make sure that in the resurrection of the dead, because he's a Pharisee, he's not a Sadducee, so he believes in the resurrection, he wants to rise. So Paul's life was totally transformed by vision that he encountered while he was on his journey. That's how powerful a vision can be. It turned this man's life totally around. And this is something that helps you to understand whether or not you have a vision. Because if you have a vision, a vision should be transforming your life, not you transforming the vision. Visions change you. If you say, I have vision, and the vision is not changing you, there's a great chance you don't have vision. Paul was on the journey just like you and I. But what impacted, ignited, and informed his life was the vision that he received from Jesus Christ. What changes lives is the divine vision. It changed mine and it'll change yours too. Paul finally connected with his purpose, or should I say the purpose of God for his life. Now, isn't that interesting? How can a man have so much conviction and so much of his truth that he's willing to kill adults youth, children that believe different than him. Just to change his position of his beliefs. He connected to God's purpose for his life and you and I must be on the journey to our call not simply our career. See, here's what I believe that happened to Paul. Saul was his Greek name. Paul was his Jewish name. His name didn't change. The Greeks would call him Saul. The Jewish people would call him Paul. Now, I believe Paul's religion became a career rather than a call. And I believe you have to be careful because you can make your career your call. And there is a difference between a call and a career. 
And you have to make sure that you draw a fine line of demarcation before you start defining yourself by your career and then making it by default your call. The Bible says the gifts and the callings of God are irrevocable without repentance. My call is my divine purpose. My career is my choice to make income. My gift accompanies my call to make me more effective in what God has divinely called me to. My talent helps me to get raises and bonuses and better jobs because of my skill development. There is a difference between career and calling. There is a difference between gift and talent. And when we merge those things, we start confusing our calls and our career. My call is my call into until eternity. My career is my career until I retire or get fired. There are people that define themselves by their legal career, justifying themselves disbarred. And so if who they were was an attorney and now they no longer can practice law, they now suffer from a loss of identity and they're in an identity crisis because they knew themselves as a lawyer. And then they said things like, I believe God purposed me to be a lawyer. Well, what happened to God's purpose? You get to choose your career. Whatever one you want, choose it. No matter how noble, no matter how honorable it is, don't make it divine. You can be a special education teacher, but don't make that divine. That's still a career. That's a career choice. But see, when you get a vision, it's not a choice, even though it is, you have free choice, but a vision knocks you down. It knocks you to the ground. And it speaks to you about God's specific will for your life. See, your vision is the reason in which God created you. God created you with the purpose in mind. So in Genesis 2 and 7 where it says, uh, uh, and, and it tells us uh, the Lord God uh, created man from the dust of the earth. It uses those, that Hebrew phrase, Vayashir Yahweh Elohim et ha'adam afamen ha'adamah, which means Vayashir Yahweh, God, Vayashir the, the term Vayatsir is a war consecutive like an English ED, a past tense, aorist in Greek. So it means and formed. So God formed you, which means when it's a war consecutive or an aorist in Greek or past tense in English, it means that it's a done deal. So whatever he formed you for, he will never change. So like... You cannot put in a request for a different purpose. 
like there is no change orders for purpose. So once he's made you, so it, it emphasizes Vayasir and formed, uh, the Greek in Septuagint translates that, that word Yasir, plazo, clay in the potter's hand. So God designed you for exactly what he wanted you to do. There's a design. Now, that has nothing to do with what you're good at. That has nothing to do with you. See, that's where you start making your career, your calling. That has nothing to do with your skill sets. That's why a lot of us miss God because we try to find God by what we're good at. And the truth of the matter is God doesn't call you to do things that you're good at because whatever you're good at, you won't give him the glory. So, so, so let me, let me hear, am I making sense? So, so Yahweh, the autonomous God, Elohim, the God with intense power, strength, and force, he made you with something in mind, never to change. So, vision is when God connects you to that which he designed you for. God designed you for something, and you don't, you're never gonna find it in a career. I don't care how much you love your career, you're never gonna find it in a career. Careers are temporary. They're temporary. This is what I like about God. I can have one leg, two legs, and no legs, but my purpose don't change. Doesn't matter about what happens to me. I'm, I'm never inadequate for my purpose. I never get laid off. God's better than the old IBM. He really doesn't lay nobody off. The way you get fired is you walk away from the job. You want the job, God said job always open. You walked away from purpose, God said come on back to it. You quit. And you've been gone astray for two, three years. God says that the opportunity is still here. He says, as far as the east is from the west, I won't remember your sin no more. Come on back home. Because you don't have nothing else to do on this planet but what I put you here to do. And the reason that you are not dead is because I still want you to do it. So that means that you're not to look to your neighbor and say, God has not fired you. Stay tuned for more from the Kingdom Voice. We'll be right back after this. There is a prophetic shift going on and we must lead with fire. Leadership is evolving. Leadership stays relevant. No matter what the environment calls for, the leadership sizes up and meets that demand. He said the Holy Ghost, just when you think you're about to lose it, the Holy Ghost will bring a word up that you've already put in your spirit. But at this season of my life, I'd rather be in your will than be on Instagram. Lord, give me what I need for my life. Become empowered to lead with purpose at the Kingdom Leadership Conference 2024. I need you right now, right now, right now. I need you now. 
Register today at klconference.org and experience the journey of leading with a purpose. Now, back to this life-changing message from the Kingdom Voice. See, before you can do God's will, you have to embrace God's ways. See, the way that God impacts his creation, beloved, is through communicating to the natural world from the world of the supernatural. So, thy kingdom come, thy will be done where? On earth what? That's the supernatural world. So God's got to get the supernatural message to you. The main communication vehicles of God is vision, dreams, prophecy. Your young men shall uh, dream dreams, your old men shall have dreams, your sons and daughters shall prophesy the language of the Holy Ghost, which all transport the word of the Lord. Vision, dreams, and prophecies are simply transports. It's the content that's important. The word of the Lord. For example, the Bible says, and the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. This is what it says in Genesis 15. And the word of the Lord, Debar Yahweh, the word of the Lord came to Abram in a hazeh, in a disclosure of an unseen reality. The vision was simply a, vi a vehicle that carried the word of the Lord. It was the vehicle, not the essence. So the, the vision is not the essence. It's the content of the vision that's the essence. And so it says, and the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision. So what is most important is not the vision, but what the vision communicates. So what is the vision saying to you? That's important. What is the vision? Vision is simply the vehicle that God uses to break through the natural world with a supernatural word. Visions were not created to be worshipped. They were given to transmit, transmit the will of God to his creation. It's the vehicle. So here is a challenge. You don't want to talk to God through vision because you want to talk to God through your intellect or your soul. Visions, dreams, and prophecies are important. Their worth is not the experience, but the message the experience carries. So the vehicles are simply the ways in which God is trying to communicate his ways, his will, and his existence to a visible world. So you have to understand. So why does God have to communicate to me from an external source? Because our ways are not his ways. Our thoughts are not his thoughts. And so in order for God to move you to a higher level of reasoning and thinking, he has to talk to you through an external source because we're so narcissistic organically that we only think about self-preservation, only the things that really benefit us. That's, that's, that's how we do. Soon as Adam fell, first thing he did was cover up. 
They both, they hear from each other. The first, the first instinct was to take care of yourself. See, so you're naturally not going to come up with God's vision. So you need to understand that. You're not going to naturally come up with it. So God had, listen, God had to, he's got to create it through an external source. Saul of Tarsus would have never come up with what happened to him on the road to Damascus. No matter how much he had thought, prayed, or what have you. He had to have an encounter with an external source. And here is what makes many church people never pick up, with, never grab the divine vision that God has for your life because you think it's in you. People say stupid stuff like, I've been knowing what God wanted me to do since I was three. I just listen to people, I don't even say nothing. I say, I see. <laughs> I see. Now, vision equates to revelation, transformation, illumination, and information. So, the scripture says, where there is no vision, the people perish. Now, the word vision is the Hebrew term chazon. Chazon, a derivative of chaze, uh, which I've mentioned in Genesis 15, in the same family of words. Chazon means where there is no revelation, where there is no disclosure of an unseen reality. So what does that mean, Dr. Carson? What that means is God declared the end at the beginning. So everything God is going to do has already been done. So God did it, bagged it up, and started it. So that means then God is showing you what has already been done. So he's giving you a disclosure of an unseen reality. Does that make sense to you? Remember, God is omniscient. God does nothing new. <laughs> I mean, he knows all things. There's nothing for him to explore. There's nothing for him to discover. God knew everything you would do before he saved you and chose still to save you. So I want you to know you never disappoint God. That's a trick of the enemy. God's disappointed in me. God's not disappointed in you. Adam didn't disappoint God. Adam was an expectation. That's the reason the Bible said Jesus Christ was slain when? Before the foundation of the world. So before God even manifested Adam, Jesus was already slain, which suggests then he was an expectation. This is what you have to understand. God expects the mistakes you make to happen. He's waiting on them. He knows them, but he knows how to work around. See, he knows how to work around. And this is what God expects. See, you tripping on that kind of stuff and God has already dealt with that kind of stuff on your behalf. That's what salvation was for. That's what the blood was for. What God did was he took the unqualified and made them qualified. So that was the real work of God. The real work of God was he qualified somebody who had been disqualified. So therefore, whenever I do the work, I don't ever have to talk about my qualifications because he qualified the disqualified. 
No, I shouldn't be preaching the gospel, but he qualified the disqualified. No, I shouldn't be doing the things that God has called me to do. I have no right to do it, but he qualified the disqualified. The problem with many of you, you don't have vision because you're too busy trying to qualify yourself. And when you are trying to qualify yourself, you are doing the work of the Lord. He's already done those things. The Bible says he was wounded for our transgressions and he was bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our peace was upon him and by his stripes we're healed. I'm not trying to get saved. I am saved. Saved is saved. There ain't no, this ain't karate. You don't have 15 degree salvation. You have only one salvation. And I'm saved as saved can be. Look to your neighbor and say, thank God I'm saved. I'm saved and I know I'm saved because my salvation had absolutely nothing to do with me. It was for by grace am I saved through faith, not by works, lest any man shall boast. If I can't boast about it, I shouldn't be crying about it. I'm saved because he saved me. So the issue, so the issue is this. The disqualified has been qualified. The unqualified is qualified. I'm saved, I'm being sanctified, which means God has already made me perfect. So therefore, I'm seated in him in heavenly places. And so therefore, positionally, I'm perfect and conditionally, I'm imperfect. But my position is a position of perfection. That's where my citizenship is. That's where my papers are. That's where I'm qualified. So then, in the eyes of the Father, I'm a finished work. But in the eyes of the Son, I'm a continuous work. But in the, with the, by the power of the Holy Spirit, I'll become a transformed work. So I'm saved. I'm being sanctified. And one day I'll be glorified. I'm trying to tell you, I'm a done, I'm a done deal. God has qualified you and you're usable. And don't spend your time trying to qualify yourself. God is not looking for you to qualify yourself. He's looking for you to submit yourself. Thank you for listening to the kingdom teaching of Dr. Dana Carson. If you would like to hear this message in its entirety, visit drdanacarson.org for more kingdom teachings and transformational messages. Subscribe to our YouTube page at Dr. Dana Carson. 
Embark on a transformative journey into biblical prophecy with the Book of Revelation, Eschatology, and the Millennial Kingdom by Dr. Dana Carson. This new release offers a profound exploration of the end times, providing deep insights into the Book of Revelation's symbolic and prophetic messages, making it an indispensable resource for scholars, theologians, and anyone eager to unravel the mysteries of eschatology and the divine plan for humanity. Pre-order your copy today at drdanacarson.org. In this gospel of the kingdom, the good news plans across the world, around the world. The preceding broadcast has been brought to you by DCKM Partners, helping people to know God, make Him known to others, and spread the kingdom message around the world. Find out more at drdanacarson.org. DCKM, Dana Carson, Kingdom Ministries.